0: If you're really terrified of spiders and you hate things that are crawling around, entering into a situation where you're afraid of that would mean that you get closer to that object of your fear and you either fight it, which means you might destroy the spider, smash it, or you might face that fear. Welcome to What's Wrong With Your Business, a podcast where we examine the problems that keep business owners up at night. From long-term strategies to risk management tools, you'll hear a variety of ways to identify what could be going wrong and how to adapt in a rapidly changing market. I'm your host, Grace LaConte. I'm a consultant, futurist, and writer on topics related to healthy feedback loops, workplace equity, and creative communication strategies. This is episode 14, Fight, Flight, Freeze, and Face. In this episode, we're going to talk about The most common responses to fear, why they are not effective, and which one can increase your chance of succeeding. In the last episode, number 13, I described the five basic fears we all have. The fear of extinction, of mutilation, of being separated, of ego death, and of loss of autonomy, or not feeling like we are ourselves. And today I want to get more into the four responses that we have to being afraid, the ways that we can respond or react when something is scary. This happens to all human beings and yet we have a lot of diversity in the way that we can enter a situation or exit it and the way that we respond to this will impact our decisions. So I want to explain a visual graphic that has really helped me to understand why this happens and how it can be most effective. In order to understand this, I decided to create a visual graphic because I kept hearing about the fight flight response you know everybody talks about fight or flight fight meaning that we enter something and flight meaning that we leave it when we feel afraid but I also researched a bit more about the psychology of the freeze response and sometimes there's also one called the fawn response so I want to describe each of these and explain how they work especially using a matrix graph which basically just means you divide Um, a square into four parts, and each part on the top would have one type of force, and on the bottom would have an opposite force, and on the left would have a different type of force, and on the right would have yet another opposite force. So these four different forces can lead to four different ultimate responses in this matrix graphic. So this is my representation of a lot of other great researchers and scientists and psychologists, and... This graphic has been very, very popular because I think it helps to visually represent the four options that we have to deal with things that all of us have to deal with when we are scared. We all experience fear. So these four responses give us kind of a sense of how we can understand our own reactions, but also choose to control our own response to something that's scary. You can find this graphic on my website at laconteconsulting.com definitions. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E consulting.com definitions. There's a whole list of many terms that I use in my consulting work. And if you go to fear response, it will click and go down to the graphics. The top part of the matrix is engage. So the two responses at the top of this graphic fight and face, which I'll describe what they are in a minute, would describe our sense of entering into and engaging with a situation that causes us fear. So when you if, you, if you're really terrified of spiders and you hate things that are crawling around, entering into a situation where you're afraid of that would mean that you get closer to that object of your fear and you either fight it, which means you might destroy the spider, smash it, Or you might face that fear. You might enter into something that you know has caused you aggravation or frustration or fear, but you're willing to be in that situation anyway. At the bottom half of this matrix graphic is disengage. So the two responses that are not engaging would be flight and freeze. So flight means that we escape, we leave, We don't want to engage with this fear. And freeze means that we don't leave the situation, but we just aren't entering into and engaging with the situation. On the left side of this matrix, which would include fight and flight, the energy is that we are repelled. So the fear action or the fear item or force, we are repelled by it. So when we fight something, we are smashing or actively trying to stop something that we're afraid of, but we're also repelling it. We're trying to get rid of it. And in flight, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to get rid of it, but we're doing it by leaving the situation, by running away, by trying to escape. And on the right side of this visual graphic, the opposite of repel is attract. So in attracting a fear we can have at the top side of engaging, we would have a face response, which is extremely beneficial. We're engaging in a problem, but we're also attracting a solution. We want to be in the presence of that fear, but we also have a plan for how to overcome it. But on the bottom half of that, if we're disengaged and also attracting the problem, the mechanism, is a freeze response, which means that we're stuck in a situation where we really can't solve the problem, but we are in the midst of attracting it as well. Let's start with the fight response, which is on the top left corner of this matrix. So in fight response, we are engaging, which is the top half of this graphic, and we are repelling the action. So that's the left side. In the fight response, the action is that we are attacking. It's a reactive response. The emotion that we might use is anger, and the outcomes would be that we could insult, blame, or mistreat the object of that fear. So you can imagine if you're terrified of spiders, you might insult, blame, or mistreat either the poor spider or anyone who might want to try to get you to be around spiders. There could be a very visceral, strong reaction because you have this intrinsic fear of that object. Next, let's talk about the flight response. This is on the bottom left of the graphic. We are disengaging, which means that our energy is pulled to move us away from the problem, and we are repelled by it. We do not want to be around this problem at all. So a flight response, the action is to hide. So it's a response where we are escaping the situation in which this fear happens. Our emotion can be denial. It could also be a lot of other things to repress or try to leave the situation mentally or physically. And the outcomes of a flight response are that we avoid the problem, we can omit the details in which puts us into that problem, and we could sabotage either a situation that leads to us being in that that fear response, or we could sabotage other people who may be trying to push us into it. So if you are terrified of spiders and your first response is to run away and escape, um, you might deny that you have a problem. You might just slowly try to back away or turn around. But if you really have a true terrifying fear of it, you could sabotage your own situation by doing some pretty strange things to avoid any any case in which you're around spiders. For example, you might not want to go walking in the woods, you might not want to be in a cabin, you might not go into a room where you know a spider is. So this flight response can have a lot of different outcomes, but the point is that we are trying to hide and deny our emotions. The third response to fear is freeze. So this is on the bottom right corner of the graphic. It happens when we disengage from a situation, we choose to try to leave it however we're also attracted to the very problem that's occurring so instead of flight which means that we physically or mentally or both leave and escape a freeze response has an element of complying with the very thing that causes us pain or suffering or problems so some psychologists discuss a fawn response which would mean that the person is giving in to the wishes or needs or demands of other people. Um, Fawn can also lead to post-traumatic stress disorder in which an abusive situation continues to happen. Um, Stockholm Syndrome is a classic type of Fawn situation where a victim um, actually praises or seems to enjoy being with someone who is creating abuse and it may not be obvious to other people that it's a very dangerous situation for that person who's being victimized because they would describe a situation as being positive. So fawning and, and freeze can be similar, but I believe there are some distinct differences where fawning is actually responding positively and freezing is literally just shutting down emotions. The action of a freeze response is that we comply or we are passive and do not fight do not face and also do not leave we just kind of sit in the situation that's causing us fear the emotion is to shut down emotionally mentally we kind of uh, push aside any attempt to solve the problem or to respond to it in a positive way although fawning would be that we actually respond by praising the person who's causing the problem And the outcome is to justify and rationalize that this experience is not as bad as it seems. The final and fourth response to fear is the most beneficial. So this is in the top right corner of the graphic. It's in which we engage, we are actively participating in the situation that is causing the fear. And we're also attracted to solving the problem. This is the most effective approach when we're confronted with something that's very scary, because instead of trying to engage but also push the thing away, in which we aren't really understanding how to overcome that problem, and instead of fleeing the situation or running away, the flight response of just denying that the problem exists at all or trying to hide from it, And instead of freezing, in which we put ourselves in a very dangerous situation of experiencing the pain and experiencing the symptoms of the problem without having any effort to solve and fix the very mechanism that's causing us to feel that pain and that fear, a face response allows you to put yourself in the situation that causes you to feel afraid, but also to fix it where you have the mental fortitude and you know where to get the resources to overcome the fear itself and to recognize that the the mechanism, the object, the situation in which you felt so afraid before can be overcome. It's really helpful to work with a mental health counselor, especially if you've had a traumatic experience in the past, which nearly everyone has had at least one time in their life, because when you're facing fear and you don't have the tools or the resources from which to move yourself into that situation, it can really be very difficult, and in some cases it can be re-traumatizing. So I recommend that if you have had really horrible experiences in the past that continue to give you anxiety, or where you really don't feel like you have the, the fortitude or the strength to enter a situation that's terrifying, that you work with a mental health counselor who has the training and expertise to help you move through this step. But facing fear can also be something as simple as if you are just kind of not that fond of spiders and you'd prefer to not be near them, understanding that you could be around them and they could be near you and it will not kill you to be around a harmless spider that, you know, not a poisonous one, um, that can help you to increase your ability To defend yourself against other similar situations where there's another action that feels scary. An interesting part of creating this graphic and sketching out these four responses is that I've really recognized that facing fear is not something that comes naturally, for one thing. It takes a lot of mental effort to consider options and to realize that, I can get through something that's really scary, but it also helps me to recognize the creativity of asking questions and stepping into a situation that's not very fun with curiosity. What can I learn from this? Hmm, I wonder why that's happening. The curiosity of just asking why things are happening or what is leading to the fear sense in myself has given me a really great understanding of how else fear occurs. So, for example, if you are terrified of spiders and you aren't really sure where that happened or why it happened, it may not be something earth-shattering. Maybe it's something really simple, like when you were a young child, a spider crawled on your arm and you didn't like the sensation, so you tried to get it off of you and you couldn't and maybe that memory is just something that has caused you to feel scared of any other type of creepy collie ever since then. And if you really are scared of spiders, I'm sorry if this is making you even more uncomfortable. I personally think spiders are great. And I grew up with lots of family members who worked in gardens and who worked outside and we went on walks in the woods. And my grandfather in particular helped to build a sense of curiosity in almost everything that he saw. So he would point up to a creature in the tree and describe um, what he saw and then he asked us to, to say, well, what do you think that is? You know, what what is it doing? Let's enter this with curiosity. So there were a lot of things that I experienced in my childhood that um, I learned how to be curious. But as an adult, I still have a lot of things that are not very comfortable. Some things I'm still scared of and it can be very difficult to overcome those fears without a rote response the the cycle that i mentioned before that once we get into a pattern especially as we come we become older we tend to do the same things over and over and as adults let's face it we have A lot of ways that we can avoid doing things that are difficult we can choose not to do things that we don't particularly feel comfortable with and that's one of the great things about growing up it's also one of the unfortunate things because as children we kind of have to go through what our parents tell us to do as adults we can choose not to and that can also lead to really bad habits so avoiding stepping into situations that are uncomfortable as adults can lead to lopsided thinking it can lead to bad decision-making, it can lead to having terrible consequences. If you avoid balancing your budget every month, if you avoid looking at how much money is going out of your business, if you avoid trying to understand why your staff keep leaving or why you have turnover in one particular part of your company, then avoiding that fear or choosing to ignore it or even fighting it, you know, yelling at people who might question it, those are really not helpful in order to solve the problem. The best way to overcome a problem in a business is to face it, which means that you are willing to enter a situation that can be scary with curiosity. And you enter that by attracting the very thing that was scaring you in order to better examine why it is happening and why your response was so negative. So this mental shift that happens can bring so many benefits. It can lead to a greater awareness of why you may have driven people away or why you may have been a very um, ineffective leader in some ways. It can be very painful to hear feedback from employees or customers that tell you why you haven't had the effect that you wanted or what reasons people have decided to leave your company. There's so many different applications of this, but the most important thing is that as a business owner or a leader, if you choose to enter these situations that are uncomfortable, and you choose to face the very problem that may have caused these outcomes, you will have new information from which to make better decisions, which is the definition of risk intelligence. The ability to distinguish actions that you can avoid in order to not have loss or harm occur. And to know what actions you do need to take to gain an advantage or a better outcome. That is a short summary of what the four fear responses are. I hope you've enjoyed this verbal explanation. If you'd like a visual on this you can visit my website to get access to the graphics and a lot of blog posts in which I explain not just our response to fear but what Causes us to avoid pain in decision making, and a lot of other resources. So you can find that at laconteconsulting.com/podcast. That's l-a-c-o-n-t-e consulting.com/podcast. What questions do you have about fear responses or anything else to do with stepping into uncomfortable situations in a business? I would really like to hear your questions and comments which you can leave at the Anchor app as a voicemail message, or you can go to my website and leave a comment there. And if you really want to share this podcast with others, which would be awesome, go ahead and visit the Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star review. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes as we answer the question, what's wrong with your business? Here's to your success. Thank you.